see you, to know you, and to worship you. Reveal yourself to us this morning, we pray. And Father, I just ask for forgiveness from this congregation present today. Not hold it against me, Jesus. In your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Let's, uh, let's get to the word. Um, we are continuing the series on the parables. Um, so there's been a series on parables for a few weeks now. Um, and, and this setting arrives straight after the, the teaching of Jesus to the disciples, teaching on the Lord's Prayer. And so this is still in that context of praying, and in that vein, this is where the parable starts. Um, and Jesus highlights some important stuff for us. So if you have your Bibles, well, you can look on the screen if you want, um, but if you want to open your Bibles, you can. We are going to look at Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And we are going to go from verse 5 to verses 13. So 5 to 13. So let's read together. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose that you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on the journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he wouldn't get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Remember that word, shameless audacity. Is that what's written there? Yeah. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if asked for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen to God. So we know that Jesus likes to use parables to teach stories, to teach points, um, and in this story he doesn't differ. Jesus is using a parable to highlight an important point, uh, the importance of prayer um, for his modern day hearers, for the, uh, the parable, for the disciples and those listening to Jesus. This would have been a humorous um, story. It would have been fine to them to hear the story about a man going to his friend's house at midnight asking for bread. Um, and this morning, I just want to share really two simple points with you as we unpack this together. And they're really simple. So point one is this, that prayer must be persistent. So prayer must be persistent. And point two is that God is generous. So prayer must be persistent and God is generous. Um, many features of this parable reflect the culture of the time. Um, the setting is in the village. And in that village, there aren't any shops, okay? There's no Tesco's, there's no co-ops, there's no Sainsbury's or Astor's, it's just a village, okay? Um, no late night shopping, no 24-7s, no Uber Eats, deliveries, none of that. It's just, you have your home, and that's it. And in the ancient world, uh, food was not readily available like we have it today. So I could get up at six in the morning, seven, I can go and get some food, come back home, make breakfast. That wasn't the case. In the ancient world, you would have to make food on the day. You prepare your bread on the day. You prepare it, you get up, and you'd make your food on the day. 
there was no preservative, additives, and so your food was, you make it, you eat it, and you start again the next day. And in addition to that, in the, that ancient world, that ancient context, um, there was a high premium on hospitality, a massive demand, and a high premium, it was sought after, it was integral to that society. Um, let me ask you a question. Have you been to anybody's house, or you have a friend or uh, family members who you know, and you go to the house unannounced, but there is always food cooking. There is always some food being cooked in that home. Always. You can go, you can, you can, you can go there at 11 p.m., uh, the, the, the guest, the, the host will get up and make you some dinner. Like, that is part of the culture. It's part of the tradition. My mom's the same. You go to her house uninvited. You come at 10 p.m., knock on the door. She'll say, who are you? I said, there's a friend. She'll come in. You come in, and she'll go in the kitchen and make you some food. Because for her, culturally, that is what is demanded to show hospitality. Hospitality is to welcome a person in your home and to make them feel at home at ease. This is my house, is your house. And so hospitality in that ancient world was integral to what it meant to be uh, to have friends. And so guests had the right to a good host when they would come to your house. They had the right to, um, to receive a good host. This man here, he arrived at his friend's house at 12 o'clock, midnight, and he knocked on the door. And our poor guest, our poor host, sorry, hasn't got any food. It's like, there's no bread. Like, we ate it this morning, you know, I had my baguette, it's done. Like, what do you, what do you want? I haven't got any bread. Um, and he has to make a choice. He has to be, uh, he has to find some food somehow, or he becomes unwelcoming, he becomes rude. And so he decides he's going to go to his neighbor and knock on his neighbor's door and see if his neighbor can help him to receive three loaves of bread. Instead of being a bad host, he's going to make the choice of knocking on his neighbor's door, possibly waking him and his family up to receive some bread. Let me ask you another question. Uh, this is a cultural question, actually, of the day. How many rooms did you think, how many rooms did ancient Palestinian homes have? Just shout out. How many rooms do you reckon ancient homes had? Two? Any other, any, yeah? One, one? One room? Anybody else? Any other thoughts? No? Yeah? Yeah, it was one room. So ancient Palestinian homes had one room. So your house was, you open your door, and that's your lounge is one room. We have, we have five, six, seven, eight rooms in our homes, right? We come in, we go right, my living room, go forward, we go to the kitchen, go forward, dining room, I go upstairs, toilets, I go, you know, we've got all the rooms we want. But these people had one room. And so it makes sense when you read the story why um, the manager sleep says, I can't get up because you're gonna wake my wife up and you're gonna wake my children up because they're sleeping together in one bed in the same room. There is no differentiation. The man is asleep with his family. And, and, and they're all in that one place. And you would know, as grandparents, parents, or carers, you would know the frustration when your kids are asleep and something happens, a massive noise, and they get woken up. Your kids are in bed at like 9 p.m. There's noise that wakes them up, it's 12, and they don't go back to bed till 4 in the morning. Nobody wants that. This man doesn't want it. He, does, he wants to stay asleep. He's like, I, I need my sleep. You know, you know what it's like. And so one of this man, his friend says, what are you doing? Why are you waking me up? I don't care if you want bread. My kids are going to wake up if I give you some food. If I, if, 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 I, if, I, if I get up, I'm going to have to shuffle, come over with my kids, and, and, and you're going to have 
an issue there. But for us though, if, imagine this, if, if, well for me, if I had a friend who came to my home at midnight and he says, Nick, I'm hungry. I was like, oh, I haven't got any food to give you. I could easily get in a car and go to Tesco and I can get something for him there. Or if I don't want to drive, I just got my phone and skirt delivered, I can get something done, right? That wasn't the case. And so he has to go out there at night and plead and knock and seek and ask for some food. He's been persistent. He knocks on the door, his friend doesn't answer. He knocks again. Says, I need the bread, give me the bread, I need this bread. My friend's here, I need to feed him, let me have some bread. No answer. He keeps knocking, he keeps asking, he's being persistent. He would not go away, nor would his friend go back to sleep. And Jesus says, where friendship cannot prevail, demands shameless audacity, demands importunity, demands over boldness and shamelessness wins the day. It's because it demands persistence, demands continual knocking and asking and seeking, wins the day. His friend gets up, gives him the bread, and he goes back home to feed his friend. For me, the lesson is quite clear here. Jesus wants to teach his disciples and the listeners of the day about the need to persist in prayer. Because just before that, Jesus talked about the Lord's prayer. So if you contextualize it, it's about prayer. Jesus wants us to be persistent in praying. And here in the story, there's a sense of urgency, isn't it? It's urgent that this man has to feed his friend. It's midnight, it's, it's urgent, it's, it's knocking around. And, and, and I think Jesus wants us to know that actually when you pray, and when you seek, and when you knock, Whatever you're praying for, do it with a sense of boldness and urgency. Don't dilly-dally, but really seek, really ask, and really uh, go after what you are desiring for and what you're praying for. Be, uh, just push and just seek the Lord in prayer. And persistence is uh, not for God's benefit, but it's for ours. When we persist in prayer, it's not for God's benefit, it's for ours. I'm going to show you an example here as we go along. This is my daughter's, it's not mine, this is my daughter's, um, I promise you, look, I'm going to press the button. Right, this. Your face is in the my face is in the circle. He doesn't recognize my face because it's my daughter's tablet, okay? Um, so I asked Naya if I can use this prop to church today. All right, good. She says, yes, you can. And I asked her, how long have you wanted this? And she goes, three years. Three years, she goes, three years. Oh, sorry. She says, three years, she's been wanting this little, oh. Three years. Three years, she's been wanting this little tablet thing, okay? Um, three years, she's been asking me for it. I always say, nah, you're too young. She goes, but I really want it. And we go, no, you're not ready for it. And she goes, okay. She's asking about it. Birthday comes, she hasn't got it. She keeps asking again. Christmas comes, she doesn't go there. She keeps asking again. A year goes, another year goes. She's still asking for the exact same thing two years later. Three years later, she's still asking for the exact same thing. Maybe me and Sarah think, maybe she really wants this thing, right? And so Christmas came and we got her this tablet and her face beamed and she was like, oh, this thing that she was being asking for, being persistent, wanting, she finally gets it. And, she, and nothing else matters but this. And she stops with it 
and she's just amazed by what she's received. The same thing is true in our prayer. We can too easily go to God and say, God, can you can I have this please? And the prayer doesn't get answered, and we go, oh, okay, God mustn't like me, so therefore I'm gonna leave it alone. Or we pray for this and we don't hear it, and we go, oh, oh I must have done something wrong, so it doesn't happen. But Jesus like is teaching us, be persistent. Keep pushing, keep seeking. Her Nia's persistence paid off. It was three years later. Here's the thing, right? In those three years, she grew, she developed, she matured, she understood the point of waiting, she understood the point of persevering, and actually when she was ready to receive the blessing, she was in a better place to receive it now than she would have been three years ago. Does that make sense? And sometimes when we pray for things, God may not be giving it to us now because we are not ready to receive the blessing he's got for us. But if we wait and we nurture and we grow and we develop, when it comes to the blessing he's going to give us, we are much more able to receive it and not break it and not smash it and not destroy it because we went through a journey of growing. And when the blessing comes, we can say thank you, Jesus, and receive it because we have matured enough to be able to handle it better. If I gave this to Naomi, she was four years old, four years old. This would have been broken in a, in a hot minute. But she's in a place where she can look after it. She's better able to understand how things work. The same thing is true of our prayers. Jesus wants us to be persistent and come to the Lord. When we pray, to be persistent, to, to keep pushing, to be adamant. This is what we, we want, Jesus. This is what we, we really want. Push and knock and seek and ask. And it's not about begging God for his blessing. It's not about begging God for what we want. Uh, but determined prayer is knowing that God is the blessing. That the Lord is the blessing. He is the one that we should be desiring above all things. But here's a kicker, though, right? The Lord is able to say no. That's his choice. No is as good as answer as yes. If you can pray for something, then you can say no. He knows better, he knows more than we are. He can say no to your prayers. And that's okay, because he knows what is good for us. Just like a parent, if my kids say, Daddy, can I have sweets for breakfast? And I say, yes. I'm not a very good parent, am I? If they say, Daddy, can I have uh, Coca-Cola for breakfast? And I go, yes. Can I have this, can I have that? And I say, yes. I'm not a very good dad, am I? But if I, if I say no, however, I've got something better for you if you have this. I understand what they actually need. Just like the Lord understands what you actually need. What you, you, you should be having. We may want things, we think it's what we want, but actually God says, I know better than you, so hold a whole fire. But when you receive the blessing, you're going to be surprised how much better it is than what you've been asking. So sometimes we just have to wait. But persevere in your prayer. Keep pushing. The second point is um, that God is a generous God. Jesus in, in, the, in the rest of the parable says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Jesus wants us to, uh, to be active in our pursuing of our prayers. He wants us to keep pushing, to keep asking, to be, keep persevering. Let me ask you a question. What are you praying for? What are the things that you are praying for that you are wanting God to work in your lives? 
Are you persevering in your prayers? Are you being actively knocking, seeking, and asking? Maybe what are some of the hurdles that you see in your, in your way and, and you stop asking that prayer? What, 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 what are you praying for? Why are you really asking God to, to work in your life? How bold are you being in your prayers? How audacious are you being in your prayers? Why are you really asking God? Jesus says to ask, to knock, and seek. God is able to hear your prayers. Just ask with boldness and seek and knock and he will hear your prayers. Nothing can stop your requests being heard from God. In verse 10, Jesus says, For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be open. God is willing and wanting to receive your prayers and answer your prayers. For anyone who asks, receive. You ask, you will receive. You may not be what you're asking for now, but you will receive something that's probably even greater than what you are asking for. Receive. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks the door will be answered. And then Jesus uses the illustration of a father and his child asking for food. He says, if, if, if your son's asking for a fish, will you give him a snake or a neck? Will you give him a scorpion? Of course not. Who does that? Jesus making an illustration that we are, are fallen creatures, but God isn't fallen. God is the God of the universe, the one who created me, you, and everybody else. It says, how much, if you as a person know how to give good gifts, how much more can your heavenly Father give even greater and better gifts? Sometimes, I, I, someone said to me, sometimes our prayer requests, they're so small that we don't dream big enough. We don't ask big enough. We don't pray big enough. We, we have these little small prayers because we think, oh, maybe that, that. We've got to pray big, church. We've got to get big in our prayers. We've got to pray wild. We've got to, we've got to be audacious in what we're asking God to do, right? But just look at St. Michael's now. We are asking for a youth pastor, right? Well, let's get big. We want a youth pastor. What do we want? We want also a children's worker, right? We want, we want to raise the funds for this. Why? Let's get big in our prayers. Let's get audacious. Let's get... Let's not get conservative, but let's go crazy. What else do you want, Tom? What else do you pray for? <laughs> no, honestly, seriously. Right? We, we want an associate. Let's pray for an associate. Yeah? You've got a long list. Let's get audacious. Why? We've got a God who's big, who, who's willing to hear all our prayers. We don't have to pray conservative. We don't have to pray small. Jesus says, come and pray, ask, knock. What are you praying for that you can be go wild in your prayer? Go big in your prayers. Don't go small. Go big and go home, right? That's the, that's the motto. Right? But don't go home. Go to God. Go big and go to God, okay? But honestly, what are we praying for? What are we praying for? We've got... Um, we're praying for youth pastor. As Sylvia just mentioned it this morning in our prayers. We're praying for the life of the church. This church. We've got prayer nights coming up in a few weeks' time. We have... We had prayer in the city. Um, what other ways can you pray? Getting your prayer doubles, getting your prayer triplets. Find ways to pray. Find ways to get actively praying and seek and push and be bold in your prayers. Because Jesus is wanting and prepared to hear your prayers. Don't dilly dally, don't, don't be worried about all this. Just be bold. Ask. 
seek and knock. Because you serve a God church who is bigger than all your prayers. Who's wilder than your own imagination. Don't be restricted by a box idea of what God is. But he's so big. Let your prayers run wild, okay? That will end on this. Let your prayers run wild. And trust that he will hear you and answer you. Let's pray. God, thank you that you speak to us through your word, Jesus. And that uh, you tell us to knock, to ask, to seek, and to knock. And doors will be open for us. And sometimes, Father, we just we may be afraid of coming to you and praying to you. But Lord, I just want to pray for this church family and for all our prayers. May we pray wild prayers. May we pray big prayers. May we pray audacious prayers, Lord. Prayers that uh, just come before your throne uh, in boldness and prayers that's full of um, fearlessness, Lord Jesus. Help us to become a people who's not afraid, uh, but longs to have our prayers answered. Would you speak to us, Jesus? Would you help us to be fearless in our approach to you? And when you maybe don't answer our prayers, may, may that not uh, persuade us, but uh, may we just continue to be persistent. May we continue to push and persevere in our prayers. We thank you, we love you. All power, honor, and glory belongs to you, and you alone, Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.